0: Welcome home, welcome to my song. you are at home with Brene, and I am so excited that you decided to jump back on and listen to another episode, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, today we are going to be talking about understanding adversity, so these next few That I have faced. And, uh, you know, in the very first episode, I talked a little bit about kind of the differences between adversities the ones that we are willing participants in, the ones that we orchestrate, and the ones that we are witness to or, you know, are just kind of part of because of circumstances and situations. And, so I've decided to kind of take you guys back, back in the time, to the beginning, um, and talk a little bit about my childhood. So my parents, um, I can't really say that they were necessarily, uh, high school sweethearts, but I believe they started dating... I don't have a lot of memories of them being together. There are glimpses of memories that kind of pop into view sometimes, but I don't have strong memories of my parents being together. I see pictures, and I've heard stories about different things, but I literally only have maybe two or three solid memories of them being together. So um, the funny thing about it is A child that really desired for my parents to be back together, and I know that that is a real um, thing for some people because you know you, when your parents have been together, you know some people's parents have been together for 25 years and 30 years, and then they tell you they're getting divorced and it rocks people's worlds, and they really want their parents to get back together, and they're lying for that. And uh, I was never that child, especially as I began to see the evolution. Grew as people, like, oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't want you guys to be back together. <laughs> that actually would be weird for my parents to be back together. So, um, I was born in Inglewood, California, and lived in LA for just uh, the very early parts of my life. Um, my parents, at one point, I believe we moved to Colton, and that's one of the few memories I have. But I believe that was pretty short-lived. We also had an apartment in Hawthorne. I do remember that apartment as well. Um, And those are just a couple of quick and short memories that I have of, of us actually being a unit. This is when I finally made it to the Inland Empire. Moved, my stepdad was in his home, and uh, my mom had brothers. My stepdad uh, also had uh, a son that was, I would say, four years, two two to four years older than I was. I don't remember his exact age, Um, and that will probably we'll get into more of those details maybe season two that's a whole nother story honey but um, then i want to say maybe 18 months later my mom That actually made me know that I, I was a different kind of a child. <laughs> so uh, by the time they came along, you know, I already knew how to do my laundry myself and um, could cook a couple of things. And I felt a very strong sense of responsibility at a very young age. I want to say when I was eight. Like we lived, there was a hair salon on the corner of the busy street, literally at the end of the block, and I'm not not really sure how this came about, but I got a job there at like nine years old, and of course it was just, I mean, I use the term job loosely, but I would go a couple hours every day after homework, and I would sweep the floors, and I would wash and fold the towels. You know, I actually really, when I look at the root of of my professionalism as a young child, I realized, you know, before my mom and my stepdad, and we lived in Los Angeles, we did not have a lot of money. And so my cousins and I would make games up. And believe it or not, our games were not like hide and go seek because our family, you know, was pretty strict and so there weren't a When we were that young as time uh, passed on, we had a lot more freedom than we probably should have had. But um, when we were younger kids, you know, we couldn't just go around, like, we had to be right in the front of the house, right? So, we played a lot of stuff inside. And one of the things that we created was a game called Application. And my enough to know what that is um, uh, then great but if you're not I will explain. So a carbon copy is basically you've got an application and there are let's say two or three copies underneath but that top copy has um, the ability uh, oh the papers underneath rather have the ability to be imprinted on when you write on the top copy because they're carbon copies. So based on the, the ink and the, and the way the paper is created, you fill out that top copy, and usually the top copy is going to be for, you know, the business owner, whoever you're applying for this thing with, whether it's insurance or health, um, you know, your, your medical application or whatever the case may be, right? And we even had where well, you could take phone messages with carbon copies. so the original might go to... If it was a, a phone message, the original is going to go to the person the message is for, and then you keep that copy, or if it's a receipt or whatever, right? So one copy goes in the file, one copy goes to the uh, person who signed it. So we played application, and we answered the phone very professionally, and that was our game. <laughs> so I think that learning those little skills that we kind of taught ourselves, as we were poor and in the house and making stuff up. We, we played, um, court a lot. <laughs> we, um, for some reason always had some very professional games going. Um, you know, um, again, we were poor and so we, we didn't know where we were going. My cousins and I had no idea where we, where we were, but we remember being in this huge building. I think we were in Choosing award, and we just remember hearing like Area A, Area A, and so we made a game called Area A. Later, my mom, you know, uh, let me know that that was uh, uh, the county office, basically where you go to apply to get food stamps and aid and things like that. And so my mom, who was kind of embarrassed by the legitimized our professionalism. I mean, it really taught us how to conduct yourself as a professional, seeing how these professionals conducted themselves, the way they talked to one another, the way they, hi, good morning, how can I help you? Okay, let me assist you with that. You know, just those little nuances that in my mind growing up, I really thought everybody was professional. I thought everybody knew how to answer the it wasn't something that somebody sat me down and said okay Renee this is how you do it. I just kind of always knew because of the experiences that I had and so um, that was a big part of my childhood learning how to be a professional because we were poor and I think that really just goes to the testament of how God can use anything in your life right? Even the things that we might be embarrassed about or we don't see the forest or the trees we're not seeing the beauty of it when it's broken down into those uh, you know uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? I'm trying to find this word and I can't but it's like the cells of the microorganisms is really what I was, you know when we break it down to that molecular level you can't really see that all of those molecules together creates a community, right? You can't see how All those different trials and tribulations creates the beautiful tapestry of your life and really weaves together your journey. So um, that was, that was area A. (laughs) Um, And it really did, again, just kind of play a huge part in the way that we did things. Um, But I took that professionalism and kind of that responsibility for my brothers as well. Um, it helped me, you know, it helped me mature, and it helped me grow, and I love helping with my brothers, but I also feel like, because I was so mature, I did miss out on a lot of things in my childhood, right, and I felt kind of thrust. So that that was an adversity that I felt like I did not orchestrate, but I was a participant in, you know, just because of the circumstance, I didn't have really a choice. Um, in the early part of my little brother's life, my mom was still working full time, and um, so my mom would take my little brothers to school, and I, you know, I was young. to lock the house up in the morning because my stepdad was uh, law enforcement. He would go into work into L.A. And so I'd be at home by myself in the mornings and I'd walk myself to the bus stop and I'd make sure the, the house was locked up and then I'd walk back home after school and, you know, get myself in the house and start doing my homework and make my snack and do all that stuff. And those were things that I was doing by myself at, you know, eight years old, nine years old. Uh, and, of course, when you look back, you think like, oh my God, <laughs> like, I could have been killed, <laughs> you know, um, especially when you become a parent and you're like, oh no, 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 you, nope, you're not doing that, nope, <laughs> um, you know, there were times that, uh, you know, earlier I mentioned that there were some things that, when we left LA and we started to get, I would say, maybe around 12 her mom's energy really shifted and she was tired and If I was 10, that was the oldest age that I was. But I remember one particular the other day, my mom was like, pack your bags we're And I was like, thank you, Lord. I really was like, hallelujah. Let, let us blow this popsicle stand. Let me get the boys together. Let me get myself together. And I, she said something like, Auntie Cammie's coming to get us, which was my, my best friend's mom. And she would have been coming from LA. And the entire, when I tell you the entire night, sat in the big black leather chair that sat in front of the window, and I counted the cars as they went And I said, okay, if she's coming from L.A., it comes about an hour, hour 15, depending upon. The sun went down, it got darker, and later, and I'm like, okay, she's got to be one of these next 10 cars. Wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Coming and say what? I just knew that she was not happy. And I was not happy. And again, we'll get into some of those things probably next season. But again, that was another that was a layer of that adversity that I wasn't you know, I didn't orchestrate that. I didn't, you know, willingly participate. That was some adversity that was just put upon me had to go along with and watching my mom and it's crazy that that I'm talking about this now because I don't know that she and I have ever really talked about it watching her be so unhappy was really hard and then it started to play out in different areas of our lives and so by the time I was 12 I had a lot more freedom than than I would give my 12 year old daughter and you know I think and now, now we're going to start transitioning to some of the adversities I did create for myself. Because here you go with some of these freedoms. Like, I remember we went to Las Vegas a lot. And me and my cousin, you know, had the key to the, the hotel room. And we would be walking the streets of the strip. You know, I'm 12. So that makes her maybe 16. And, I mean, we'd be out lit. and it, We'd come in like, okay you have an understanding of how late we'd be out. We would be late, out so late, we'd come back to the hotel room and our parents would be asleep, our moms would be asleep. So, (laughs) um, oh, goodness, Lord, when I think about it, no, no, Jesus, and also thank you, Jesus, for getting us in safely, Um, because of those of that maturity, because of that growth, because of that situation, I just, I missed out on, I, I felt like being as childlike as I possibly could have been. Um, there was a, a short stint of my life where I did make mud pies with my best friend in the backyard and climb trees, and and, and I mean short, and then like maybe this one weekend, uh, we played Ding Dong ditch first time in our lives, first and last time, we were terrified, because somebody chased us down the street, and we were screaming, <laughs> we, oh my goodness, I don't know why that man chased us, he physically chased us down the street, we're ding on it, um, but anyway, so, <laughs> um, there was a lot of, uh, maturity that I felt like I experienced Have waited, and you know, of course, while I look back on it now, I'm still grateful for those things because it did shape me into who I am today. But those were some of the things that were definitely adversities that I didn't orchestrate, you know, that I was just a participant in and I was witnessing some of these things and watching my mom and myself and what I will say was um, a lack of love and adoration within their marriage made me feel like I want the exact opposite of this and that's going to actually take us into our next episode because I went into relationships wanting for that and I thirsted for it and um, I started having, um, I've had a lot of long-term relationships and they actually started um, very early in in my life. So um, childhood definitely played a part in the way that I carried myself through adulthood. Part of the moral of, of even sharing this story is that as parents we have to be careful of the diversity how the adversity that we're going through affects our children and not just uh, directly affects but indirectly the effects that it has on our children and it has definitely shaped the way that i see some of the things that I'm dealing with and I, I speak to her about those things so that we can have an open dialogue and she can understand because part of kind of thrusting that adversity onto our children is because they just, they take it on. But I think when we have open dialogue with them, they can have a greater understanding and not necessarily try to identify a Embody that adversity, but at least just witness it, right? Just watch it and not have it permeate so much of their lives. Thank you, as always, for um, listening and joining in. I'm so glad that we're being, uh, you know, becoming closer and closer, and you're getting to understand a little bit more of my journey and some of the things that I've been through. Um, next episode, we are going to get into relationships. And you don't want to miss that one. So if you aren't already subscribed, just make sure you do that and get notified. So when I upload, you get to know. Um, I hope you have a very blessed week. (sighs) Stay positive, stay motivated.